Hi, my name is Erica Ige, and I'm a recovering people pleaser and perfectionist. Um, welcome to My Unesthetic Life, a podcast about embracing our imperfections and learning how to love ourselves for who we are. I'm your host, Erica Ige, and today's episode is all about struggling with people pleasing, particularly if you're a woman, and even more so if you're a woman of color. People pleasing is a really, really common issue that a lot of people struggle with, but not a lot of people talk about the repercussions of what it means to be a people pleaser and also why people actually struggle with it so much. Um, so my question when I figured out that I was people pleasing was why do I in particular struggle with it? And then why do women seem to be the ones that struggle with this more? Um, and this question came up for me when I read a book, and I really do wish I would have remembered to look up what the name of the book was, but it was all about confidence. And one of the things they said is that young girls from a um, young age actually start, this, there's a distinct separation between girls and boys from a young age where girls are just not as confident moving forward, answering questions in class, taking tests, put themselves out there, or boys, on the other hand, are actually bolder. They don't mind raising their hand even if they don't know the answer. They don't mind taking risks. They don't mind taking chances. Um, and I think a lot of this has to do with how we are socialized from a young age. So most women are raised to kind of be caretakers, kind of be the person behind the scenes, to put other people's needs before ours, and to be a lot more passive, you know? your parents kind of tend to want you to be the good girl or to be a nice girl or to be not too bold and to be a rule follower. And even more so when I, even when you listen to stuff about culture today, when you listen to people talk about like women that get murdered all the time, and I hate to turn this really dark, but this is just a really good example. Women that tend to get murdered a lot usually are the ones that people identify as, oh yeah, she lit up the room. And so like people often associate boldness with women as something that needs to be either feared or something that is not great, or they view women as too difficult or too high maintenance. And then if you're a woman of color, even more so we're viewed as aggressive if we are too outspoken or loud or ghetto or ratchet. It's always like, it's always not seen as a great thing. I mean, think about even here recently with the whole Megan, Meg the Stallion and the Tory Lanez thing, like Megan was very, you know, very bold and confident in her sexuality and who she is as a person. And that is one of the things that people used against her when it came to her um, going through a trial. Um, and then I also think about, too, like Cardi B, and there's a ton of other examples in culture where the woman is extremely bold, extremely outspoken, and people just do not like it. Um, and so, you know, because of that, worrying tends to become, like, the norm um, about, you know, worrying about what other people think, it, but it becomes normal for people. And so we often do it, though, to the point where it's like detrimental to us so we take it people pleasers or people who like struggle with this you usually take it to the extreme like we feel the need to like 
strive to make others happy, even if that means sacrificing our own happiness and well-being, and that's not good. Um, and so, the, again, this is even worse for women who were, like, raised to be high achievers. <laughs> Raising my hand over here. Um, and women who are kind of raised to be perfectionists. And using that perfectionism and using that achieving to measure their worth through their actions and their accomplishments. So, for example, for me, I was in gifted classes, like, all through school. I got tested when I was younger, um, like, in kindergarten. And I was in advanced classes the entire time I was in, you know, grade school. And because of that, my parents just they did not really want to accept anything less really than A's um I but B's were okay but like a C or a D huh anything less than stellar behavior in class overly like being super talkative or anything like that that was a no um and so I was kind of conditioned um super young to like be on it to be on my game to be on my A game and to be striving for the next stage and the next stage and the next stage. Like I tell people all the time, I vividly remember my parents telling me like, you're going to get good grades. You're going to go to school and graduate. Then you're going to go to college. Like that was always a part of the conversation. There was never any, anything else. Um, and this really plays out in my life because um I actually didn't want to go to school to be a social worker. I actually wanted to um, perform on Broadway. So when I was younger, I did a lot of musical, musical theater and things like that. And I fell in love with it. And I've always been a performer. Um, I danced competitively, danced for 16 years. Um, and so I was just all the way in it. And I think I had the potential to be able to make it happen or at least get in some shows, even if they were like traveling shows. And I thought that it would be a good idea to do it while I was young and then maybe go back to school after that. Well, my parents didn't see that. They didn't see eye to eye. And so they actually encouraged me to go straight to school, which is what your parents technically supposed to do, right? <laughs> They're supposed to encourage you to do the safe thing. Um, but my mom basically like sat me down and she was like, you need to pick another career path. Um, and she like told me to get on the computer and look up different to like take a career test and look up different career paths. And I did it. And I landed on psychology. And because I cared a lot about people and, you know, wanted to help people, I was like, this is it. This is obviously the thing that I need to do to as my backup plan. Um, and I never looked back. I literally didn't even consider other degree options. I didn't take time to smell the roses in college. No, I literally got my psych degree in four years in a standard amount of time, which normally most people do about five, five and a half, five years because they switch majors. And then I went straight through to grad school. Um, and so because of that, by the time I got to grad school, I kind of had this epiphany that I was like, this is not what I want to do. Um, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. Like, I could have been, like, happy in New York, like, living my life. <laughs> and, um, but this is not it. And so I kind of had this really, really period of struggle where I did not like the fact that I had a master's degree. I refused to tell people about it. I refused to talk about it because... I I should have 
thought about more about what I wanted to make my career out of, I probably should have gave my parents a little bit more pushback and told them that I, you know, I want to pursue this other thing first. Um, even if they were going to be a little bit more uncomfortable with it, I should have at least pushed back. And I'll never forget um, this man I met actually in my sophomore year of college. He was an artist. I was actually working as a camp counselor at an art camp. Um, and he was an artist and he asked me like, okay, what do you want to do with your life? And I told him, well, like I'm getting my degree in psychology. And he was like, yes, but you didn't answer my question. What do you want to do with your life? And I was like, well, really, what I want to do is to, like, go sing and perform on Broadway. And and he was like, you should do it. And because, I don't know, I was young and, like, dumb. And I was really also, like, thinking that my parents knew at best about everything. I did not take heed to this advice that he gave me next. Um, So I was like, no, I'm, you know, my parents told me I needed a backup plan, so I should probably do that. And he looked me dead in my face, as serious can be now. And he was like, my parents told me the exact same thing. And this man at the time was probably like 40. So I was like 19. So he had definitely had more life experience than I did. He looked me dead in my face and said, my parents told me the exact same thing. And I told them no. And I'm doing what I love every single day. He was like, I might not always, I might not be the richest person in the world, I might not be, you know, the wealthiest or most well-known, but it does not matter to me. I am doing what I love and it makes me happy and it makes me fulfilled. And it's what I wanted to do, not what my parents wanted to do. And at the time I just said, okay, you know, but I think back on it now, that was a moment that I should have taken. Um, Seriously, those are words that will stick with me forever and I will teach my kids the same thing when I have them. Um, is that 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 is something that's serious and what it was what he was trying to tell me in that moment is that you need to stop striving after pleasing other people including your parents yes you can love your parents yes they can mean well but that doesn't mean you need to live your whole life for them Um, and I think this brings up a great point right why do people feel like they need to be please people and be perfect in order to feel loved or fulfilled or close to them because that's really what you're striving for when you're trying to just appease people you're just trying to you know there's something there that you're seeking to gain from that pleasing and being perfect uh, for people and so I think that the root cause of it and also research thinks too um, that the root cause of it usually stems from fear so people have a fear that they're going to be rejected um, that they aren't worthy and a lot of people feel that if you don't make other people happy they won't accept you they won't like you and as a result you're going to be you know all alone or not you know enjoying your life or whatever but then it kind of has this opposite effect where you're on this never-ending hamster wheel where you believe that if you keep pleasing them keep achieving keep being perfect people will like you but then you have to keep doing it because the you know the more you live the more you have to like work for to have people accept you and like you and be perfect and that is tiring to be stuck doing that over and over and over again and no 
And if you're striving after that, no matter what you do, it will not be enough. It's never going to be enough because it's not what you want. And so, and the other truth is with that is that you really can't please everybody. So like, think about all the people in your life that you're close to. If you're trying to do this with everybody in your life, how exhausting is it? (laughs) Because it really doesn't bring you fulfillment. If you think about it, it really doesn't bring you close to them. It doesn't give you peace. It doesn't give you the happiness you crave. So why do you do it? Um, So, and the other thing that I've been realizing too, as somebody that's recovering from doing this, and say recovering because my journey is not over with it yet, and I'll probably always struggle with some piece of me doing this because I've been doing it so long, is that people-pleasing forces you to disconnect from your true self. So I I like to think that kind of people often operate in this way that there's their true self, the one that they really are, um, the one who they are when no one's watching or who they are around people who they're most comfortable with. And then there's their self that people usually present to the world as more guarded, more protected, um, and that's trying to be, you know, appease other people. They're two different forms. And if, and as a people pleaser, usually you're striving for that set, you're leaning more towards that second form. So you're getting further and further and further away from who you really are because you're only thinking about what other people want, what they want you to do, how they want you to behave, how they want you to be. And so where in that, do you save energy for who you actually are? Um, and it, and doing that actually really erodes your confidence, which creates all this self-doubt and just a host of other issues that you struggle with that you wouldn't if you could actually learn to be yourself and be accepting of yourself and be confident in your decisions and be confident in what it is that you want to do. And then not only that, be able to set boundaries with people when they cross them and be able to tell people what you actually want and need to be able to be loved, happy, fulfilled. Um, so how do you break free from this? Cause you know, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. So how do you break free from this? Here are my top four tips. So the first thing, of course, is recognizing, number one, that you do do this and that not only do you do it, recognizing when you do it. So at what point did this start for you? Because that's how I started figuring it out. At what point did I start doing this? Most of us start doing it in our childhood and we just don't realize it. And it's so ingrained in us that we, until something happens drastically that causes you to be like, oh, snap, why do I do that? You might not realize it. So for the first step always to discovering any problem and then trying to fix it or improve it is to figure out where it came from or and to figure out when you do it. And then the second thing is recognizing that it is okay if you put yourself first. One of the hardest things that people pleasers have a time do have a hard time doing is putting themselves first. We have this belief system like in our mind that thinks like, if I put myself first, that means I'm being selfish. You know, it it means that I'm not being as nice or as kind. That's really bad. 
right? Because we've been conditioned to think if we do do things for our soul first, that it is selfish and it is bad. When in reality, it's really not. Think about when you get on an airplane and you go on a trip, how at the beginning of the ride, they always tell you if we hit turbulence or bad air or whatever, and the masks come down out of the ceiling, that you need to put your mask on first and then put your mask on your neighbor if they pass out. The same thing applies to your actual life. If you are trying to constantly be there for everybody else and not focus on yourself, you're going to be depleted. Another good way to think about this, if you don't really like the airplane example, is to think about a bank. When you go to a bank, you can make deposits and you can make withdrawals. If you are constantly withdrawing to give to other people, you're going to end up in the negative. You're going to end up in the red. And if you don't put any money back in or deposits back in, how are you going to afford to pay your bills? And in this way, in this sense of the term, paying your bills is your emotions. Paying your bills is your well-being. Paying your bills is how you're taking care of yourself. So just remember that when you're thinking about that. Put your mask on first. Deposit into your account. So how will you deposit into your account? I wonder if you're thinking about that. How will you do this, actually? And so you need to focus on doing things like understanding what your needs are, setting boundaries with people that you care about and maybe people that you don't necessarily care about, and then communicating what those boundaries are, communicating what your desires are clearly, and sticking to them even when it's uncomfortable. That's that's really the thing. That's the hard part for people pleasers sticking to stuff when it's really uncomfortable. Number two, the second thing is it's just remembering it's important to practice self-care and to build your self-esteem. And when I say self-care, I'm not just talking about bubble baths because people love to just say self-care and then be like, go take a shower or something like that. And those things are cool and all, but You also need to do stuff that's actually going to help you work on the skills that you need to build your confidence, work on the skills that you need to actually increase your self-esteem, and work on the skills that you need to actually improve your self-love. So this could be doing journaling about when you people please and why you do it and what your motivations are, figuring out how you can turn that around to have a conversation with people about the fact that you're struggling with this it's also thinking about how you can remind yourself that you are deserving of love and respect regardless of whether or not other people are happy with you you're still worthy of love and respect and so that could mean you know taking yourself on a date to your favorite place and not going with that person to a place you don't want to go to or it could be if you are going on a date with somebody and they say oh I want to go on a date to this place and you've already been there like three or four times with them you actually saying hey actually I want to go here and using that moment to speak up about what it is that you desire to want to do this could always be doing an activity you want to do and this could be learning a new skill learning new skills are is a great way to boost confidence, especially if you end up being de- semi-decent at the skill. You don't have to be great at it, but at least semi-decent. But eat, regardless, doing the small things can help build your confidence. The third thing is just learning to say no. <laughs> and no is a complete sentence. <laughs> um, This can be difficult, though. 
if you are taught to always be polite and say yes and to be accommodating to people and to others if you were and your boundaries were not respected gosh why can't I talk so like I was saying before like my brain just like went I said this can be difficult especially if you were taught to be kind of like polite accommodating and to other people more so than you were taught to respect your own boundaries and more so than you were shown that it's important for other people to respect your boundaries um, but it is report important to, for you to remember that saying no is not a sign of weakness. And it's actually a sign of strength. And it shows people where your line is and where they need to respect you and where they cannot cross the line. And then if they do, if they do cross the line, what is it that you're going to do to show them that you're not going to tolerate that anymore? So it's important for you to think through that too. Um, and then the last thing that it is important for you to think about if you're on the cycle of people pleasing and you're trying to break it is to start surrounding yourself with people who actually do respect and support your boundaries and your decisions. So a lot of times when you start working on your people pleasing behavior, people in your life will not be happy. They will not be happy with you being more um objective about what it is that they're doing they will not be happy about the fact that you're setting boundaries they will not be happy about the fact that you're more outspoken and the reason why is because people benefit from people being people people pleasers people benefit from people not being as confident in speaking up and standing up for themselves people benefit from you going along with whatever it is that they want you to do they do they benefit from it whether they want to admit that or not and most people won't because they don't want to view themselves in that negative light and also a lot of people just don't have the self-awareness to realize that they're doing this to other people anyway usually it's the people pleasers that are like more aware of what everybody else is doing um which is why it sucks a lot to be a people pleaser because you don't think it's fair that people are doing this to you um and they they are oblivious and they don't even notice it um but it, it is important though for you to try to surround yourself with people who do support this um, because it's, like I said, it's very common for you to have family and friends and even other people in your life who may not get it. And then you start confronting them on this and then they're going to give you pushback. And so you might feel like, I can't do this. I can't speak up. I can't say this because this is too uncomfortable and people don't like me. It's okay. <laughs> there are people out there that will respect your boundaries, that re will respect your needs and will respect what you want. And what you're trying to do so that you can break free from it and you need to strive to surround yourself with those people more than you are the people who are giving you too much pushback. Of course, you can't get rid of everybody in your family who does this to you, but you can do better about at least articulating it and having other people in your corner so that when you go into those situations with your family or with other people, that you're strong enough to be in that space hopefully that I don't need to bring any getting any clarity about that but in conclusion people pleasing is super common if you're struggling with it you're not the only one I'm here too right here with you um and as a woman you need to feel comfortable being able to understand what your needs and your wants are be comfortable with setting boundaries with people be comfortable caring for yourself and loving on yourself and be comfortable being confident 
and not being afraid to demand the love and respect that you want and fulfillment that you want in your relationships because we only have one life and what's the point of living it unfulfilled and being surrounded by people who don't really care about what you what you actually want like what's the point there is no point so if you're a woman of color that struggles with people pleasing or being a perfectionist or overly critical of yourself and you're desiring to be bolder more confident not afraid to step out of your comfort zone and express what you need for pe- from people express what desires you have sh- go after those desires with full confidence and create that life that you actually want that fulfilling life that you actually want then you should keep your ears peeled keep your eyes peeled and join my email list because I am launching a group program in a few weeks that's going to teach you these skills that you need around developing self-love self-confidence and then the mastery you need to keep improving at both of those skills so you can kick people pleasing to the curb kick being a good girl to the curb and step out as a bold bad mama this year so if that's you the link to the my email list is in my show notes i want to thank you so much for joining me this week on my unesthetic life and i will catch you next week bye